honestly, I want to do the first 25 minutes on the pod of what, what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> we have 15 more seconds. Will Mike live to the start of the pod? That's the question. The question I'll is, make, will I'll they make win? it like 45 and then I'll just start to, I'll kill over. <laughs> Look at you. All right. The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And the sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, Stateside Vodka. Get your vodka soda party pack right now at statesidevodka.com. Oh, boy. On the show today, just a fucking terrible game, but they won it. 3-3. Just, I don't know. It was nothing but pain. So we will talk about that game. We'll talk about how Mike looks right now, which is really impressive. Uh, Also, Brad Stevens makes his first trade as president of basketball operations of the Celtics. And the Nets and Bucks go to game seven. The pod is being recorded live right after that that game. Uh, We will take your questions on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll get to them with CJ later. If you're on YouTube, use one of those super things and donate. The uh, the donations go to Coded by Kids in the Providence Animal Center. We will collect them all at the end of the playoffs and donate them. Then they won. You should donate a lot when they win. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Still alive, the Sixers and Mike. Welcome to the Rice of Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who looks like he's doing the pod from a Stanley Kubrick movie. That is Mike Levin. Uh, we are back at uh, Dog Sitting for John Gonzalez and Colleen Wolf. Mm. Um, and we felt, I'm referring to myself as multiple people now. I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe <laughs> yeah, it's because the. We? Oxygen levels of my going to my brain are are uh, diminishing by the second. But I I felt like because I wasn't there after game five and because this game was total torture, like from beginning to end Mm -hmm. all day long, everything about it was torture. So I felt like this deserved both the victory headband and the loser ascot. Uh, Thank you for AU for filling in. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Here we go. They won. They won a basketball game, something I never thought I would see again. A um, lot to say. lot to say. I, lot I to do. Say. I know you've, you've referenced, and we'll have plenty of time to get to everything. You've referenced the ascot, obviously, the headband, obviously. I get that whole thing. You mentioned you're at John and Colleen's. But why do they have a, mo- a room that looks like it's in clockwork orange or something like, well these are like uh, audio pads to like oh, and stuff. okay this is all right courtesy of the nfl network i believe okay all right it looked like you were in one of those symmetrical uh kubrick rooms that yes are weird I, I feel like i am my brain is certainly in a stanley <laughs> kubrick movie right now but the, the room well, itself is not well i mean tyrese maxi saved the season i think yeah. it is fair to say a, a thank you mike muscala let's just say it yeah let's say it right now the biggest shot in my lifetime i would say previously it was like vince carter missing the shot in game mm-hmm. seven in a one and now it is mike muscala in a game the sixers were not involved in making a shot that allowed tyree the oklahoma city pick to fall outside of the top 20 in the fake pick and convey to the sixers mike muscala 
who I don't think that we will not be we because it's been so long that mm -hmm. we wouldn't after a global pandemic raise a banner for Mike Muscala at the next event because he deserves it and we'll give it to him uh, despite AU's objections. So a lot of a lot of history went into tonight and and we have to start with with our with our guy and his racist dad. Yeah, well, I mean, AU objects to every, AU didn't, a lot of things that we done at the parties, AU thought was a bad idea, and they were all good ideas, so, so, the, the, uh, I, I won't reference the person that sent me this email, I will, I will ask him afterwards if it's okay for reference, he emailed me right at the end of the game and asked me, did the Sixers win that game if Ben Simmons doesn't get in foul trouble? Yeah, I'm on and, that email too. Oh, you are, okay, I, I, Probably not. I mean, I mean that that game never. You know, the first quarter was very Sixersy for the Hawks in that the Hawks seemed like they had a great quarter, but at the end of the quarter they weren't quite up as many as you, you would have thought they would have been, or they would have thought they would have yeah. been, especially a team that shoots like that. But at the run by and Curry was great, but the yep. run by Maxi just like yeah. the vibe of it, and somebody could score points because it was very clear that Joel didn't have it yeah. have it you know I, I i'm just amazed that he's been great for for weeks now you know for weeks max he's been really good he's gone up and down but mm -hmm. but the second you know last couple months of the season and or last six weeks of the season and when he gets in there at playoffs he's had a lot of great moments but his what, what really and i i don't know if you'll shake your head at this or if you'll agree with it but he is just not fucking scared and and you saw at the end of game five you saw a bunch of sixers that looked terrified and i would imagine some of them shaken and nervous this time but maxi just not scared doesn't give a fuck and is the only guy that we can really depend on to Hey, go get a bucket without anybody else. And he did it. And I, I think he saved the season. Yeah, I would say um, you said that the, the Hawks were only up, what, seven in the first at the end of the first quarter, right? I forget yeah. what it was, it was but it, it was wasn't seven. enough. You it was 29-22. And their starters yeah. had not like really not missed almost any shots at all. And I want to give credit because he didn't he didn't have a great game, but there was a two or three minute stretch where Matisse deflected like six balls and stopped many Hawks runs. And my nephew is FaceTiming me. Sorry. Um, and uh, and that, I think, prevented – at the end of the first quarter, it's like we're only down seven. That felt Uncle like – Mike looks like he's going to die on the internet. <laughs> Hang on. Let me check on him. Uh, <laughs> that, that, those few deflections and plays really stemmed the tide because that game could – that could have been a 15, 20-point game had Matisse not done his thing there. I don't think he played well. Uh, other, other than that, but there was a, there was a few stretches that was, that was huge. Um, Maxi. Maxi, ridiculous. I, I honestly, I'm looking at the box score for the first time now, and the fact that he only had 16 points on 12 mm -hmm. shots, it felt like so much more than that. Yeah, he was. They were, they were important shots. He was the only guy who could do anything. Like every single person, either it was Tobias, who has never made a move, or at least in this game, didn't make a move before. Like there's three seconds left on the shot clock. He's just standing there for so much of it, just watching, waiting for things to happen, calling for pick and rolls. At the end of a shot clock, it's it's inexplicable. Or Ben, who just hands the ball to a to either Tobias or Seth, and then just goes and stands there for the rest of the possession. Or Embiid, who just like really like didn't have it tonight, and they didn't they didn't give him any foul calls. Like we'll get to that. But then he started settling for a lot of really bad shots and it didn't pass and stuff. And so they needed Tyrese Maxey. Like they mm -hmm. needed him so badly. And to get a guy who can pull up a little bit, who's proved his jumper from, from when they drafted him, has a little floater, has can, can score three levels. I don't think he really distributed much, but they just needed him so bad to, to do any manufacturing of offense out of nothing it, it was huge and he had and he had that run in the, in the in the second that that kept them that brought them back in it and then he had those two huge threes in the fourth that started to extend the lead even though one got erased on a the one of the dumbest fucking things i've ever seen in my life from dwight howard that he suddenly he got awarded a foul call on which was insane but yeah. uh he, he threw lou williams to the ground yeah lou like made contact on him first there's ver various motorbikes just parading by right now. I'm in the middle of in the nicest neighborhood in LA, and I'm getting just friggin' crazy. Uh, and yeah, 
but those th- those threes were huge and huge for confidence to pull up and, and hit off the catch. Uh, he's just he carried the bench units that that didn't have much else without him. He played 30 minutes. He probably should have played 40. Um, he had that ridiculous reverse with that beautiful English. Yeah. Like when was the last time, aside from Iverson, that like there was a Sixers player, Sixers guard who could get to the rim and like have nice touch. Like it just didn't, it has, hasn't happened forever. It felt like everybody's just running there and just like slamming it off the backboard and misses by five feet. It was, it was great. And I thought he did good defense on Trey. I thought Maxi played great on Trey. He, he can keep up with him with his speed. Um, Trey hit a hell of a shot on him in the, in the fourth, uh, as shot clock went down. Like sometimes that just happens. Like he's going to hit shots. He's, he's, he's an all-star. Um, but I thought he, as, as far as a guy that can keep up with his speed, um, I thought that that was super helpful. And then like later in the game, he becomes the guy that they're trying to get the ball to, to like wait, run clock and get to the line. And he's got, he's a, you know, great ball handler, hit shots, just like got to the line eight times in a playoff game when nobody else could like just really w- led the team in plus minus, which is absolutely correct. He was a plus 12. He was incredible. He was absolutely incredible. He, sh- he absolutely, I've been saying this for a while, should start next season in some manner. Um, and he, there's a real he argument. Start the next game. There's he a real argument that he game. should start next game. Yeah, he should start the next game. Yeah, he should start the next game. But uh, but here's here's the 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 issue with him starting the next game. And and this I thought was interesting to watch when he was in there when Simmons was in there is that he just ends up being off ball the entire time, which I I think. Well, Simmons doesn't. Simmons hasn't like controlled a possession all season. Well, but but he. What happens is when Simmons is in and Maxi is in, Simmons brings the ball up. Simmons starts the action. Like I, I just think that there is something to, you know, by the time you get the ball into the front court, there's, you know, 16 seconds left on the shot clock. I just, yeah. I, there's I no, just think, there was never any urgency. The only person yeah. that had urgency with yeah. the ball in his hands was, was Maxi by a lot, yeah. by yeah. a lot. I mean, the whole game, they just looked, look, they won the game and I'm, I'm thrilled by it. There were some people saying like, they're not going to watch or they hope they lose, which I empathize with the thought process. Believe the me, feeling. I've, I've thought, yeah, I get I've thought feeling. so many horrible things about myself and the team and society. Like you thoughts come in, thoughts come and go. We're not going to blame anybody for the worst thoughts of all time, but they, they needed to win this game for a million reasons. Fucking Dave Pash is like, is this the end of the process? I'm like, just fucking, she's fucked to shut the fuck up. Oh my God. Who? Dave Pash, who called the game. Oh, and okay. just like, it's just so many stupid shit. People would just be, even if you don't think Ben deserves to be on this team going forward, like fine, we could talk about that. But like, we don't need to have like the conversation because of like this game, which could have gone either way. Just win, like win this fucking series and let's postpone that for a little bit. Like, I can't do it. But, like, the, the whole team, like, dumb and tentative. A lot of dumb and tentative plays. Um, yeah, they, they played bad. Except they played bad, yeah. They played bad. They, they, this is – I look at this game, and I – it was one of the worst games I think I've ever seen. In human history, honestly. sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It was a horrible game. And B played bad, even though he made some good plays defensively and was was a good rebounder. Simmons was terrible. Tobias Harris I hit a, hit hit some shots, but really just just they 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 look incredibly tentative. And yeah. thank God for Maxi yeah. and and Curry. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. All three of those guys. The beginning of the game, they were down huge mm-hmm. because those guys just looked so rattled. Like I'm not yeah. like a playing scared guy. I'm not like a. I don't read into like the 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 kinds of human beings you are because of how how it looks at the beginning of a game. Whatever it is, maybe. Maybe Embiid was like saving himself for the end of the game so he could be rested, whatever it is. But like all three of those guys looked bad. They looked bad and they did not look ready for it. And I would say neither did Doc. Like what did Doc adjust in this game? Like what was an adjustment he made? He'll occasionally have like a really good like ATO or mm-hmm. occasionally like a smart. Like I think I think him going offense defense at the end was ballsy and a good decision and a little bit of a risk that he used his timeout so he didn't have any left. But I think a decision and a choice that I support it. But like, as far as seeing what's happening in the series, what's he doing? Like what difference, what, what changes is he making? He made, he switched Korkmaz onto Herder, like in game two or three. And like, that was nice. But since then it's like, I don't know. He's kind of just sitting there and occasionally making like gifable faces. Like Dwight's still playing. Dwight's playing like absolute fucking garbage. And he's not only playing like garbage. He then like, even plays he's not involved in, he's like, I'm going to fuck shit up even more. Like, 
hey, Dwight, you weren't even invited to this party. And I'm just going to like kick around some silverware and like fuck up the place settings. Like just uh, he shouldn't be in. And especially with how how bad and invisible Simmons is. Simmons should be the backup center right now. Simmons should not be in only with Embiid. It's not useful for him to be there. It's not. He's not being useful there. And he's not. And, and when it's Simmons and Matisse and Embiid, then it's obviously the defense is impressive there. And I'm glad that they went to it later in the game. But even though Tobias got blown by fucking Danilo Gallinari on, on that possession, which I wanted to, I'm fine with them not giving up a three, but I, I did want to blow my brains out. Uh, it's just like, go, like, let, I don't know. It's, it's a failure on Maury's part to not get a stretch five that's playable in the playoffs because Dwight's not. Um, and they, there were like rebounds that he gave up because he's just like tipping it to himself and, 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 and making embarrassingly stupid plays and stuff. And just Doc's not adjusting. Like he's just not. Um, I think there, I think I, I, fine. He, he made some not playing all the bench together that everybody in the fucking world has been saying for months now, finally, like in an elimination game, he's like, okay, I'll play a couple of them, which is fine. Fine. But like bring something here. He, he like bragged, doc, like bragged about how they didn't practice after game five. Yeah. Maybe you should have practice is important in a game like this. Maybe the reason they looked bad and like they didn't like- have any plans was because you didn't fucking do your homework. Like I, after a bad test, you're not like, you know what? For the next one, I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna study. I'm not. I shouldn't do it. I need to just clear my head and have like a have a, a just a full fresh set of ideas for it. No, it's a fucking playoffs. Get in the fucking room and figure shit out. And it's just and for over and over again, they play drop pick and roll on Trey and just like they do two things. I'm sorry, I'm rambling now, but I didn't. You didn't get me last pod, so I'm I'm I'm, well, ramping, I, I'm putting it. I, here. I was I was about to say it. It seems like you're doing your game five pod. I might be. I might be. <laughs> but like the Hawks do two things on offense. They do two things. Mm-hmm. They get out in transition, and the Sixers are a terrible transition team, and they continue to miscommunicate over and over again. And they run Trey Young pick and rolls. That's all that they do. That is it. And they are letting them do it. Because they're going over on the screen and then the big is dropping. And then it's like Trey Young gets to be like, okay, do I want to be the best, have the best floater in the game? Or do I want to have a lob to Capella? That's really easy. But they're not denying the ball from Trey enough. They're not stunting or hedging on pick and rolls enough. They started too later in the game. And when you get the ball out of Trey's hands, good stuff happens. You're making John Collins do something. You're making Clint Capella make a choice. Don't allow the smartest player to control the game. And they keep doing it. And it's Doc's fault. And there's a lot of things that aren't Doc's fault, but they're, everybody deserves blame for them to get. They shouldn't have gotten to this point. They should not have. And maybe try practicing because or thinking about it or talking. Don't just like let everybody like just sit at home and fucking watch Mayor of Easttown. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to your, your questions later on on, uh, on YouTube and Twitch. Thank you for all the donations. Remember, all this money is going to Coded by Kids in the Providence Animal Center. And I, I have to thank our friend John Wintermute, who I think has, has donated $100 during every live pod, which is is awesome. Thank you, John. John, if you want to take another $100 and make some money on it, DraftKings Sportsbook is where you do it, buddy. The Sixers were, their odds before the game to win the championship had dropped all the way to plus 1,100, which was uh, crazy. I think they were fifth. I'm curious to see where they are after this. Um, but but anyway, John, if, if you wanted to take the $100 and, and make more, DraftKings Sportsbook, my sportsbook of choice Here's the deal. Here's what's going on now. During the basketball playoffs, turn a dollar into $100 in site credits. Any basketball playoff game, you pick the team to win that is still playing. You bet a dollar on them. And if that team wins, you get $100 in site credits. Don't forget, there's also casino games. There's also baseball, every, any sport that you want. My casino game of choice, Sixers Blackjack. Actually, if I'm being honest, I don't play the Sixers Blackjack. I play the regular one. I feel like the Sixers one is bad juju, so I just go with the regular one. We get Download the Sixers. We get yeah, and, yeah, come on. Just People in the, the real world are trying to like, talk to me about the Sixers. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to talk about the Sixers. I talk yeah. about the Sixers enough. Let's talk so about much. something else. Let's talk about so, tax reform. Let's it's, go. There's there's a a guy, a great guy, handyman at my house today because I'm I'm selling my house and I had to fix a couple of things. And halfway when he was here, he just started on. So what do you think is going to happen? And I, I just like you just you a know great the face. Dude. You know the face. The, so what do you think? So oh my god, I don't. Yeah. Even, I don't do it. <laughs> 
and yeah. he's a great dude and i did it and we had a really good conversation but just oh my god please I, when i, I get into those conversations so i'm i'm just exhaling for the entire conversation <laughs> yeah. it's like one giant it's like well i guess you think about it. it's probably fine maybe just wait to see what it is and that's how you can do it and i guess if it's fine We'll see what happens. <laughs> Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RTS, RTRS when you sign up to turn a dollar into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And when do you do? When they win, you get $100 in free credits. It's promo code RTRS for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I want to be clear. He was a cool dude, and we had a good conversation. It was just, it happened recently. All right. So everything's been going on. Do you, I, I don't even know what to say about Embiid other than I do believe he looked tentative. I also was thinking when I saw him in the first quarter sort of being passive, I was like, well, he's been gassed the last couple of fourth quarters. Maybe he's just trying to get by to the second half and not be gassed, but he never really never really got into any sort of rhythm. I, I thought he played a tough game, and I thought he, he played hard you know, in the second half specifically, but, but he didn't. He didn't look good, you know, at any time, really. I don't think. No, he and he's just not going to. I, I think yeah. there's going to be. He's going to put up points. He's going to get shots occasionally, and and depending if they make it, whatever. But you could tell he's just not right. Like he's not getting any lift. I don't think he really even made many moves in this game. Can you imagine yeah. him? Like what? What in his bag did he go to? Like he had one little like turnaround baseline that that had nice touch on it, but like. It just didn't seem like he had much. And then they weren't, he was kind of hunting for fouls and usually he gets those calls and he was getting fouled and they don't call fouls on a big guy be, or for a big guy because he's not, you know, five foot three and falling over and, you know, whining all the time. He's just like accepting the contact and it's very frustrating. So they should give him those calls and he's gotten those calls in the regular season. And for him to not get his first foul shot until seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter is like malpractice. I, I mean, Josh Harris has all the money in the world, like sue them, like just sue them. Something, someone needs to be sued. Cornblum. Anybody. And, uh, but yeah, I don't think it was very good, but I think defensively, I thought he was pretty excellent. I think fr- frustrating first half of, of just dropping and pick and roll and kind of getting caught in between those Capella Trey. Uh, floaters it didn't seem like he was committing to either of those um but he gets a, he had a couple huge blocks on trey i thought he improved and and affected some lobs he forced a bunch of bad bad shots in that middle distance because just him being there i think and he caused the travel on john collins from like you know scaring him a little bit i, I um, thought he scared a ton of hawks in the yeah. paint tonight you know um, yeah but i mean and the i mean Look, that was a hell of a alley oop to John Collins. It was an incredible play. It's very fun to watch him get that high up, but he's punching him in the throat and holding him as he's going down. That should be an offensive foul. What shouldn't be an offensive foul is when Joel turns and lays the ball up and Collins's face is there. Sometimes mm. your face gets in the way of stuff. I disagree. No, it's just like in basketball, sometimes you do. If I put my face near your elbow, eventually you're going to hit me with your elbow. And he's just leaning in every time. They do it all the time. And and by the way, Seth Curry did it one time on, might have been Collins or Gallinari, I don't remember. But like, and that wasn't a fact. Like, sometimes you get hit in the face. It's no difference of the intent of the move, whether you're hitting someone in the face or like the shoulder. Like, it's just mm. something that's in the way of you from doing the thing you're supposed to do. And it's just, mm. it's just really frustrating that refs don't adjust. Like, they just have never seen a game before. Basketball, it's amazing that they award referee jobs that make a lot of money, hundred, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to guys who have never watched basketball before. Not a single time. It's just like a first time. It's like interns. It's a joke. Um, but Embiid also played really badly. I mean, he played bad. He, he, was, he, 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 wasn't, he was turning the ball over in double teams. He wasn't feeling the double teams at all. He didn't know when they were coming. After like most of the playoffs, he was anticipating them and opening them up. And manipulating the defense to to get good shots for that it seemed like he just stopped trusting his uh his shooters and turned the ball over eight times and a lot of that's on him and uh it's frustrating but but it's really really good that they won this game with him not playing well because for a game seven at home fuck it bring it like he has to and he's the best player in the series for sure and let's prove that he's the best player in the world go do it 
you think he he is the best player in the series? I don't I wouldn't I don't think I would say he's been the best player in the series. No, I think he is just because of how he does it at both ends. Like Trey is guarding either no one or hmm. uh, getting exposed. Like it's just it, there's just a different element. Like Trey's incredible. He's an incredible offensive player. He's deeply frustrating to play against, obviously. And I think a lot of the bullshit he does of drawing fouls while like within the realm of legality, and I guess that's how they want it to be called, is horseshit. And then they should change the rules to allow that to not to not let that happen because it's not basketball. Like, it's just not. The difference between like, oh, I see an arm and I'm going for it versus like, I'm just going to stop and like heave my body into someone. And because well, I'm little, said, like they're going to call it. They're, they're going to adjust yeah. the rules. Well, I it, it's a pretty easy adjustment. You just don't call it. And then yeah. it's it, it's adjusted. Then they'll you stop calling it. it. It's really, it's not, it doesn't require like, you know, dozens of highly paid fucking consultants that like get to, you know, do a bunch of spreadsheets. Just be like, hey, don't call that shit. You see that thing that he did that like didn't look like basketball that looked like kind of like he's fucking around. Don't call that. End of meeting. Save money. Give the money to me instead. Give me the money. I will dole it out as I see fit to the Sixers who deserve it. And right. And tonight it was Tyrese Maxey who deserves quite a bit of money. Does anybody... I I think one of the most apt emails we've gotten, not just this year, but maybe in the history of the Reiki, was the guy who emailed us talking about Seth Curry trying to look cool. And I'm not sure I've ever seen a player that after I've read that email, it does seem like Seth is always trying to look cool, but he doesn't look cool at all. The, the oh, man. When, he, when of, he hits like six shots in a row. He it's great. Fucking cool to me. It's great. Just he he doesn't look cool. That's all. I, I think I disagree. I think he does. Seamus Clancy called him uh, this Sixers team's Shane Victorino, which I think is excellent. I do think Seth needs to talk so much faster and be way more animated to do it. Um, but I think that's a that's a cool comp for him. And if they make a run, then that would be even better. But he was excellent. I mean, he's he's incredible. It's the same thing. Seth has been. Not as good as Trey Young. I, th- I thought about saying it, but I'm not going. He's not not even close because he just controls the defense. But as far as like shooting goes, like has opened up this offense and has kept this offense alive in a way that they just don't deserve to be kept alive. Like he's shooting sixty plus percent from three in this series. That's insane. Like that is absolutely insane. And Ben, who's had a, obviously a terrible series, would be even worse and even more lost if those little dribble handoffs with Seth weren't resulting in Seth banging those threes. And he's just bailing him out repeatedly. It, it is amazing how much this team just needs him to make every single shot. It's ridiculous. And he kept he lift like he just lifted them right out of poverty in the third quarter. It was like a 12-0 run. Um, they I thought I think he's just excellent. He's just really in control of his game on the offensive end. It's 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 enormous. It's huge. He had a nice play on uh, on Bogdan to poke to poke it out uh, and start a fast break that led to a Korkmaz three that that brought the lead to ten. Uh, Seth also got landed on, he took a floater and they landed on him and they didn't call a foul on that. I'm, I'm so pissed about the refs. I know you don't, it's not entertaining to hear us talk about the refs. I, I just, just, I'm so pissed about the refs. It's so I'm so cheating. frustrated about the refs. They, I, they, these starters had zero foul shots. I, I wish three quarters. I wish there was three like quarters. A they sports had zero. radio. I wish there was a sports radio sounder I could use every time you started it's, talking I mean, it's about embarrassing. It is an embarrassing decision. Like that, that is like, I don't think that there's like a conspiracy. Like, I think that's, I think it's. Well, but, but wait a minute. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold I think on. it's just like they're making consistently bad calls. Like, and no, they no, should no, be no, making that, those calls. Time out, time out, time out, time out. The, the foul shots, Simmons is terrified. So he's not drawing any fouls. Tobias Harris. He's going, Tobias is going to the rim a lot more than I thought he would. And he stopped sometimes. He got blocked a couple times in the past two games by John Collins or, or whoever, just going up a little soft. And he goes up hard a bunch of times this game. And he got some shots he got blocked, which are some nice plays, but sometimes he's getting hit. And he's getting hit a bunch of times and they're just not giving it to him. And he's not falling down. So he should I get better. He should, is this flyers he should work Mike? with some coach and like Do figure think- it out how to draw those fouls because he needs to. Like his, his game can't be like, I'm going to just take like step back 18 footers all the time. Like that's that's frustrating. Like he he obviously shot really well this season and deserves credit for that. But like he has to get to the line more. He has to. He has to. It's unbelievable well, I mean, to be that slow and to not get to the line is a horrible combination. And he and he made some shots and there were some big shots that like were necessary. And then he dunked off a pick and roll, which I was very happy with. Um, but like he also passed up a catch and shoot three to then airball a six foot floater. 
Like you got, you got to do some of it. You can't, you don't, they're not going to do all of it. I understand, but you have to do some of it. And like, he's got to earn those fouls and they got to give it to him. It's on both of them. But like, holy shit, like, holy shit, holy shit. Is this what happens when you miss one of the pods? I just, there's, there's so much. All right. We haven't, we haven't we barely talked about Simmons, who is essentially a zero right now for, for all offense, intents. For sure. Well, I mean, he's not even that good on defense right now. He, he blocked Trey's shot, but Trey went by him a bunch of times. And like, yeah. he's, he's, I, I, I have cer- certainly said what I, I've needed to say about him, but I, I would start voluntarily cutting his minutes at this point. Like that, that's what I would do. I mean, I, I think, I think maxi minutes can come at the expense of Simmons at this point. You do, do we want to win these games or do we not want to win these games? Or, you know, like I, I, I guess just like that, that's where I am with it. I said a lot in the last pod about what, and I've, I've talked for years about it. I'm sort of over it, but I don't think you've really, you know, well, I mean, where are you at with this? I mean, he was, he was a zero. I mean, he had four points again. He hasn't, he hasn't, I don't think he's taken a shot in the fourth quarter in the, yeah. in the entire series. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's clear that he's like so deep into his head that there's no way out. Like there's no dark, there's just only darkness in there. Um, he brings the ball up still and then just hands it to somebody else and then stands there the rest of the possession. And even one time, like he sits in the dunker spot and they just never give him the ball in the dunker spot, partially because like the defense still, respects him down there they still are like pretty tied to him down there they're not just abandoning him entirely um but curry had a ridiculous drive an impressive drive and a nice leave for ben that he then airballed a layup by three feet and it's just like dude you got to do something you got to do something he's he's not putting pressure on the defense anymore um which i'm i regular season ben or even like wizard series ben of like driving in, being aggressive, kicking it out, and then taking if there's a mismatch, like that's fine. Like I don't mind driving in and kicking it out. It's, it's a balance. But now he's not even doing it. He's barely looking at the rim. Uh, he has pocket picked by Kevin Herter. Like it's just like, that's it's just embarrassing. Like he, he cannot be such a non-factor with Embiid on the court. Like he can't, he can't be not the center on a lineup with Embiid and sometimes Matisse and then also just kind of standing around and not be a guy they're, that's like distributing. Like he's a, he's an excellent passer and we're just playing four on five they're nearly enough of that. Five. Yeah, totally. And yeah. sometimes three on five and sometimes with, with the, with the fucking refs, I'm going to say it again, three on six uh, or seven or eight spike. There's three refs out there and none of them are on our team. Uh, but I, Flyers again, Mike. I think that he, I think that they did cut his minutes rightfully. So uh, I thought that that was apropos, especially during the, um, during the hack of Ben stretch, I think the they started hacking with seven minutes left in the game, which is why unheard of, basically. Um, I'm honestly surprised that the refs even gave, gave them a whistle when they uh, hacked him intentionally. Uh, but then he get like he missed some foul shots. He looked a little bit better, but like he's just not you can't you can't shoot under 50 percent from the line in the playoffs and expect to play. Like, I don't know if he's pissed off about it. I don't know if he's mad at himself. I don't know if he's what what his feelings are about it. Um, it's, it's really frustrating, but I will say the hack of Ben strategy that they've forced a bunch of fouls. Then they're in the penalty and Seth gets fouled on the perimeter in a non-shooting foul and he gets the line and, and hits two foul shots. And those don't two foul shots do, are huge. Don't they do only do it when they end up in the penalty? I, I didn't think they did it to try to get into the penalty. I thought they only did it once they were at the penalty. I could be wrong, but I thought that's what happened. You might be right. You um, might be right. I, CJ, can you put up the the comment from Jay Bar there that the about the Ben criticism? Like it, and I'll read it even if you don't see it. The Ben criticism is so much bullshit because they keep running plays literally through everyone else but him. Look, obviously Doc Rivers has not done a a great job in the playoffs. Yeah. Le- leaves a lot to be desired. This particular comment which I hear sometimes still is fucking crazy because he just doesn't do it. He just doesn't do it. Yeah. He's literally looking doc is literally would die for somebody 
to do something on offense. He, I mean, it, I, it, I, I, I disagree. I, I think, I think Ben needs to take control. I think it's both of them. It is mostly Ben, but it's also Doc that is like, who we're going to do? We're going to run. It's going to be post up from Tobias from twenty two feet out, and then it's going to be like just just watching, standing around for a while. There's no, there's very little creativity on the offensive end. There's no, there's no like sets what, what that they're they running. Create for Ben Simmons. I, I'm, I'm just, he has, he has one, he has Collins one on one on the post earlier in this game. And just beats him off the dribble and has a little floater and it goes in. And I wrote, will he do it more on my notes? And he never did again. He never looked for a shot again. And I, and that is on both of them. That is straight up on both of them. It was on Brett when he was here and it's on Ben and Doc when they're here now. Like there, he is, there is talent there and they refuse, he refuses to do it or he, he gets scared to do it or he pulls up and, and doesn't go all the way to the rim like it's very very frustrating because he is six we've seen him be successful we've seen him be successful at times in parts in in different sets of it but but right now he's just like a total zero on offensive end and I would honestly like I might not even start him I might just bring him in as the backup center so that Maxi can like operate the the first team and they can like get out to a lead and then Ben can be a center on the second unit because Dwight can't play at all and I would rather try to maximize. I know it worked in the regular season, Ben and Bede minutes, like they tied them together and that was nice. It's not the case in the playoffs. Yeah. Or if it's the case, it's the case because of Embiid. It's not, it's not because of Ben. And, and so I, I it's, it's deeply, deeply frustrating. And I, and I if, if they lose the series, like obviously they're going to trade him or try to, which is frustrating because they're trading him at a low point in his, in his value. And I just want them to, I want him to figure it out, but it's really hard. It's hard to imagine him figuring it out over the course of a playoffs. It's oh, yeah. he seems yeah. he seems so low right now. Yeah, I mean, because every shoot, every shot you take is pressure right yeah. now. Every everything you do is pressure. We will uh, we'll get to your questions in a moment. I'm sorry for calling out the one YouTube user. I appreciate you watching. I'm sorry for doing that. Thank you for all the donations. Uh, the rights Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Big Barker Dog Beds. We did, I mentioned earlier, we did the pictures for our house for the uh, for the sale, and the big barker is in a couple of the pictures. Because uh, I was just like, you know what? I want people that are buying this house to know that the people that own this house love their dog, love their dog enough to get them a real bed. If you love your dog, I'm talking to you, if you love your dog, you cannot let your dog sleep on some piece of shit bed. You have to get them a real bed. Dogs sleep so much. And the support of the bad beds is not enough. It just isn't. Big Barker is the only one. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Get the Big Barker dog bed with the process pup patches. And your dog can know what it's like to sleep on a real bed that was engineered by experts to support your dog joints. And don't be scared of the big thing. No, there's the Barker Jr. Rebel sleeps on a large, which actually might be a little too big for him, but they have sizes for all dogs, different colors, headrest, no headrest, different covers. The covers are washable, uh, all that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you, Big Barker is where it's at. Keeps your dog youthful for longer and bring older do- bring your older dog back to their best. 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. For free. One-year at-home trial. If you don't want it, if your dog doesn't like it, they will give you a refund and pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. Woof. Anyone else? George Hill. Holy uh, shit. Looks yeah. so rattled, which is not, yeah. not what we purchased. That is not the acquisition that we expected. I was very clear about normalcy. I was crystal clear about how I wanted a normal player on both ends of the court, who could do a little bit of everything normally and was generally positive. But holy shit, he looks so rattled. Clueless, he airballed a wide open three, which is just like tough. I think it was the possession after Tobias had airballed a six footer, which so really rough, rough two possessions there. And then he gets on a dribble handoff later in the game. I think it was with five or six minutes left in the game. He's playing in crunch time inexplicably. Like his defense was fine. And he's at least there, but not great. And he has the ball. He's about to dribble handoff. And there's a lane right in front of him. There is a wide open lane to the basket that he's not looking at the basket so much that not even like when he catches the ball on a three that he's just moving it or trying to whatever. It's that there's nobody between him and the basket. He could have turned, taken two dribbles and it's a layup. They wouldn't have gotten there. And he doesn't do it. And I, 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 I'm very stumped. 
not stumped by the fact that a Sixers midseason or a Philadelphia even midseason acquisition forgets how to do the thing that they were supposed to do. Not that's how it goes. That's where we've seen too much of those to be surprised by now. But I didn't think it would happen to George Hill. It's unbelievable that Doc played him in crunch time. I'm glad. I mean, there were some times when Maxi wasn't in there, and it's just like that just can't happen. That just cannot happen. He is the life of this team right now. And and for George Hill looks so bad. And then Shake was bad for a couple of possessions. He was barely it would it even play much at all, like three minutes, five minutes. Yeah, he yeah. He he's he's, he's back to being he's back to being the, Well, the there's shake. there's a difference. And I think Tobias has it too, both Shake and Tobias. There's like a difference between, oh, that's like calm, composure, handling your business, not getting rattled, versus you are wasting all of the time and standing there and there's no sense of urgency and then heaving something up. And it just happens too fucking often, too often. And I just don't understand it. I just don't. I don't know why there's these guys are like young and athletic and and they're they want to run, but they get in a half court and it's just like, let's just all sit in a circle and hold each other's hands and just think about how our day is going. And it's just a long, slow process. And at the end of it, somebody realizes that the shot clock is running down and they heave something up. And a couple of times it goes in, like Corkmans had a big rebound off of a, a, a maxi heave that just glanced off the rim. And then, and that was a big bucket. Every bucket was a big bucket in this game. Um, Corkmans also had a put back dunk for the game's first points. I want to, I want to call out him. It was, it was crazy. It was, was crazy. Oh, yeah, I mean, you forget he had six, another seven. put, you really had another put back later on. Corkmans yeah. was like, Good again, like Corkman. He was all right. Been... He missed. He missed a bunch of open threes, but uh, I wish and I wish he would make Trey work a little bit more on defense, a little bit. But I thought he had. I, I got to call out my Corkman's defense. I have to, because uh, another when they are doing that pick and roll, at least sometimes allow the weak side guys to help a little and like dig in a little and make it harder on them, so it's not just an easy look. And one time he did that. Trey tried to make a pass to I think it was Capella from the top of the key, and uh, and Corkman pokes it out, and he's got good hands. My guy has good hands. He thinks about it. He's a smart player. He's not that fast, and his feet are too big, but he has good hands occasionally and makes plays. Um, I thought, especially earlier in the game, like he was the least rattled guy of the starters before Seth really woke up. I thought Korkmaz was like a stabilizing force, which is very, very bizarre. Um, yeah, even though at the end, the, I, think he, I think his last play of the game might have been, or one of he, he came in for foul shooting later, but... Uh, on a he, he had a drive in transition that he got just absolutely stonewalled by John Collins because like there's just too many guys on this team that can't draw a foul and just and Corkman just gets blocked stays on the ground no Sixers foul to stop the break and then a Gallo open three and it's just like there's not a communication on these because they can't draw a foul then it opens up a transition game and because they can't communicate in transition it's open looks and it's just like it's 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 crippling they might win the series they might. It was a, this was a gutsy win. Like it was a very gutsy win. They got more offensive rebounds than Atlanta after getting outplayed multiple times. They turned the ball over only 11 times and eight of them were Joel. Like that's a gutsy win, but like not a confidence inducing win by any, any means unless yeah. you're Maxi and Curry. Yeah. I don't know how they want. I, I yeah. feel like it's it just that, especially on the road, play a game like that on the road, yeah. but they want it. They want it. And, and one thing, you know, I, uh, I said at, at work today is that, you know, I didn't have a lot of confidence in that they, they win the series, but I, I did, th I do think that if they do win the series, it can be important, you know, like the, the way that those, the way games four and games five collapsed, there have been other NBA champions that have been in a bad situation like this and yeah. end up winning series. Like you don't, it, if it's the against a better team. The Raptors didn't deserve to win the series against us. They didn't, they did. Then they won the championship and that's like good for them. I'm like, I'm not saying, and the, Haw and the Sixers might win this series and they don't deserve to win this series. Like, but you're, you're right. It's just like, it's playoff games. Everything counts. And you just got to like hold your breath in advance. And I've been holding my breath for going on like eight hours now. Yeah. Why don't we take some questions from YouTube and Twitch? It's brought to you by Stateside. Oh, wait, what? I will say, courtesy of courtesy of my mom, uh, yeah. making the good point that Game 7 is on Father's Day and Joel will not lose on his first Father's Day. Uh, that's a really good point. Good so, point, Mom. Little That's the that's the confidence I'm taking into the rest Man, of the... I can't believe that Father's Day podcast we did was a year ago. Yeah. That's that is, fucking crazy, isn't it? I barely and Anyway, the questions, the online questions brought to you by Stateside, Urban, Craft, Vodka, home of the brand new vodka sodas. Get yourself a, uh, a party pack with all four flavors, pineapple, 
what is it? Lime, cucumber, melon, black cherry, and orange. There's no artificial flavors, only natural fr- flavors and fruit juice and vodka, gluten-free, no added sugar, kosher. Come on. Uh, statesidevodka.com. You got to be 21. CJ, what do you got? Yes. Jake uh, donated five bucks earlier. He said, Spike said on the low post that if the Hawks started the game 10 to 2, then the series was over. It started on that score exactly. How is that possible? I was wrong. Well, I think what I said was, if it started off 10 to 2, I could see the Sixers folding when we were talking about whether they could win or not. And I, I got a bunch of tweets that that it was 10 to. And I honestly, if there's no maxi, I think they do fold. Honestly, it, it, it felt like they were about to fold. That's the way that first quarter felt. But I was wrong. They I, they won this game somehow. I have no idea how they won the game, but they won the game somehow. Adam Hoover donated $5 and said, if the team believes Maxi can grow into the starting point guard next season, do we still need to trade Ben? Seem to coexist well in a small sample size. I don't know. It'll be uh, tough. I'm not, I don't I, I, we will, I'm sure we will do this. Regardless, even if they win a championship, We're there's a conversation this. of yeah. what, the, what should they do with Ben. Yeah. And so we will do it. We will do it for a long time. We'll do it for months. I'm not Just ready not to do now. it now, and yeah. I'm... Losing air by the second. Yeah, let's not do it this time. Before we get to the next question, I wanted to say hello to, I saw somebody in the chat. I saw a name, Greg Demling. I went to grade school with him. Very tall, played basketball for Haverford. Good basketball player. Now he's a teacher, I think. Shout out Greg Demling. We're just saying hello to people now? This is what (laughs) we're doing? Well, look, here's what happened. I, I saw him great. The only time I've seen him since grade school was when the Granite Run Mall was closing and I did a special farewell to the Grant Run Mall, and Greg showed up. I just, a grade school. Great All right, school. I just want to say hello to uh, CJ. Uh, he's a producer on the show. Uh, <laughs> he does a great job. He makes his bed. I, just, and I, just, I saw the name. I wanted to make sure we called that out, that we're saying hello All to All right, next Thank question. Um, Mark donated 10 bucks. said, could the Sixers counter hack a Ben with hack a Capella? Yeah, so people talk to me about that a little bit on Twitter. Uh, I think I think yes. Like I think that is a that is a something to think about, especially when and they should, for the love of God, not play Dwight for the rest of the series, which is one game, and maybe the rest of the playoffs. And even if that means Mike Scott, and I'm not like even though I'm wearing the headband, like I'm not a huge Mike Scott guy. I at least That's he stretches player. the floor, and at least he can use his fouls and hack the shit out of Clint Capella, like and make him make foul shots. I think Capella is a better free throw shooter than Ben at this point for sure, but. Um, just to slow it down and like grind it up and get in their heads, like do a little bit of that for them. I, I don't think that's a bad idea at all, especially if Trey is just exposing them and especially if Embiid's not on the court. Uh, you know what I would love to see? Just hacking Ben, then hacking Capella, then hacking. Yeah, it's very hacking. fun. Very it's, fun. Very fun awesome. in uh, yeah. optimal viewing. But if they that's, do it, we also have to be able to do it. We can't just be like, we're, we can't be sanctity guys now. We're too, the we're game starts at eight o'clock. I oh, just, don't complain about the late. game start. That's that is the most. That's even more boring than me complaining about the refs. Like, oh, it started at eleven minutes too late. Oh God, I got yeah, a tweet yeah. about it. I wake up yeah. at one in the morning every yeah. night. All right, West Coast guy. Well, what's next? Yeah, so a lot of questions are obviously about Ben trades. A lot of people are complaining about the refs. Thomas Bryant comes in, kind of balances everything by saying Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryan, he's back again. Is good, the good, Ben good. discourse? He, you know, he's a he became a fan of the podcast uh, during the Wizard <laughs> series when he wasn't playing, and I, I appreciate him sticking with it. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, good guy, Tommy. Wants <laughs> to know: Is the Ben discourse dominated by recency bias? From all NBA to we'd be lucky to get McCollum back in less than a year seems a little reactionary. Well, it's not even less than a year; it's less than like a week. Like, but he, but this is bad. Like, this is like this is crunch time. This is when it matters the most. And so, for him to be so unplayable on offense. And so clueless of what, what he does well, what what how he can positively impact the game on that end. It is, of course, it's recency bias, but it's recency bias for a reason because like these games matter the most. And so like I think that there is some sense of like, well, let's take a let's take a breath for it for a second and let's look big picture. And but like it's not like this this shouldn't be a bad matchup for him. Like there's times when it's like, oh, they just had a bad series. Like Covington had a bad series in the in the Boston game, Boston series a few years ago. And it's like, well, he's not some your shooters are gonna shoot, but this is like a bigger thing. And this has been the case in a lot of Ben playoff series. I think Earl, I think against Washington, I thought he was relatively great. Um, but he's so clearly so deep in his head over the last three or four games that it's just like, I I don't I don't know. I, so I, I I find it hard to blame people for being reactionary because they're, you know. 
it's it's ugly. It's recency bias if you consider the last four years recent, I guess. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, we got an interesting jigsaw in the, ah, in the chat. Uh, I don't have I don't have the music. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mania wants to know jigsaw. Every Christmas, when you visit your family, you get greeted by your mom's new boyfriend, one Trey Young. You have to spend the whole holiday with them. Trey talks trash the entire time, flexes a lot, etc. Flexes. He goes on. To of, you don't get the. You don't really expect any, uh, any, anybody's boyfriend that you meet at Christmas to be flexing a lot, um, especially <laughs> your mom's boyfriend. Just like putting a new uh, ornament on the tree and just going like putting it up, just getting in your face, doing the stupid, the stupid cold thing. It looks like so. It's so embarrassing. Like let me shrink myself down and like. Touch my both my arms. Like it's not cool. And Bede, like I get why you would be frustrated by his trash talk, but at least he's like, I'm being big. Like I'm a big guy. This is me. Doing this is like, I need a, I'm just chilly. Give me a coat. Like it's just not a cool, it's like very D'Angelo Russell, like ice in my veins situation. It's just like not cool. It's not a cool. Like trash trade is very good. Like I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying like there's like tremendous little shit energy just exuding out of him all the time, including his bullshit trash talk. And the flex, like he doesn't have any muscles. Like there's nothing. Like, don't flex because there's nothing C- there. Like, what are you doing? CJ, Mike is showing very little respect for you, not letting you finish giving the two choices of the jigsaw. It's all good. That was good. Okay. And oh, I, I forgot. Wanted, I forgot the jigsaw part. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Mike's tweet comparing Trey Young to a, a salad fork. Was it? He is. He is a little salad fork. That, yeah. that was fucking using um, the beginning and throw him away. All right. Or so the first wait, half you didn't even, is. Mike didn't finish. Right, go ahead. Wait, I was just going to read the second half. Yeah. 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 Or. Have the hip or have hip hop the Sixers rabbit with you at all times <laughs> as your hype man twenty four seven easily hip hop I would choose that even yeah. if it wasn't a jigsaw yeah that would be you just great. bring him around back yep. from the dead yeah yeah why well, not that'd be funny yeah, I mean, I would take people that. be confused and I'd probably probably get accused of like appropriating but you know whatever yeah. it is yeah. it is yeah. and he's, <laughs> he's he's still beloved despite that so bring it on uh, if you got one more we'll take it you got one. Um, uh, Ben Lyons donated 20 bucks. He asked the Ben trade question, but the more pressing one was which 76er has the hairiest butt? Mm. Mm. Cork Moss. Uh, going through the or roster. And bead. I would say Cork Moss or Embiid. My, I'm going to go B ball Paul because <laughs> I don't think he's gotten to like grooming yet. I don't think he's old enough to have like really figured out a routine. And so I think there's likelihood that if like Tobias had a very hairy butt, I think he would have taken care of it. He would be on, he would be like, I have a, I have a way to do this. And B ball Paul is just like living, living his life as pure as possible. Tobias definitely pays for the monthly Manscaped subscription. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah, good for him, by the way. Uh, All right. Thank you, CJ. Uh, Thank you. And and a couple of other things that I wanted to get to. First of all, this I I haven't seen anybody really write about this anywhere. Bobby Marks, you know, Embiid was all NBA, and uh, Bobby Marks reported that Embiid is now uh, Supermax eligible. So they will be able to negotiate with him. After this season, it would be four years and $191 million starting 23-24. The four years would be 42.5, 46, 49.4, and 52.8. All of it. And I hope they give it to them on like a like a room service tray that they can open up the big, big silver thing and say, here's all of your money. Don't even, you don't even have to do you don't even think, negotiate. Do you think that there is a possibility? Let's say they lose game seven to the Hawks. That he's like, eh, I'm going to wait and see. That he doesn't sign it. Uh, he doesn't sign it? No. Yeah. You don't I, think think so? he, I think he knows. I think he, I think he, even if he's frustrated by things, which I don't really think that he is. I think he, had, mm. that's the thing. Is like, this was a very normal, great season. As, as fucked up as the rest of the league was, and as much as injuries have, have derailed the playoffs in a lot of ways and over the course of the season and, and all that stuff. They, the Sixers were one of the most like stable organizations all year. They have a respected coach that the players seem to like and enjoy playing with, and, and he got the best out of Tobias and, and the best out of Embiid, although I give most of that credit to Embiid. Um, they have a you know one of the best executives in basketball. They have an ownership group that has been willing to spend money. That's the nicest thing I'll say. Um, so like, And they were the number one seed. Like They were. 
And so I, I just don't think that those there's been three or four, two, two or three, really, like really, really bad games in this series. And it's really, really frustrating. And I I'm choking myself because of it. But it's been a really good season. And I, I'm just not I'm not ready to like throw it all away because like they couldn't figure out how to do stuff here. And there's, there's stuff to work on. Like if you were MB, you're saying if I was Embiid, if I was Daryl Morey, if I was a, like everybody, like I just think like those two comebacks, those two come from ahead losses in a row were hideous and disgusting. And everyone should be ashamed of them forever. Um, But that like, happens sometimes and if they come back to win the series and just survive and they move on to whoever wins bucks nets then like it's all good you know there's stuff to work on just as every team has but like i'm just i'm so 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 far away from blowing anything up would i explore ben trades absolutely and we'll get there again we'll get there but like i i'm just not if i'm joel i'm absolutely signing because i know how for how not I was gonna say fragile he is, but how fragile any career is, and especially for a big man um, with the injuries that he's had. So like he's gonna sign it. And if in the Sixers, it's like you definitely don't want to pinch pennies about fucking this guy who's no, no, had the no, best no. season I, of his I don't, career. I don't think the Sixers will yeah. will think twice. About Give him all the money. And even if it if that money in three or four years or whatever it is looks bad, I mean tough shit. Like tough tough shit. Like you have to give a top three to five player this year, maybe top one, you have to give him as much money as you can give him. So he stays and he knows he's a part of this organization forever. No matter how bad it looks, it won't look as bad as the Bryce Harper contract. I think we can be sure about that. The uh, Brad Stevens made his first trade of his present first of his, the first trade of his president of basketball operations career as he traded uh, Kemba Walker Yep. And the 16th pick in the 2021 draft for Al Horford and a second round pick, uh, Kemba Walker Brown. and Moses Brown. Kemba Walker has two years and $76 million left on his deal. Uh, Horford has two years, but the second year is only guaranteed for $14 million. There are a lot of people that were making fun of the trade. The trade seemed to like make perfect sense to me for the Celtics, actually. <laughs> Yes and no, I would say I could see. I mean, it totally makes some sense. I think just the idea of reacquiring Al Horford on the contract that the dumb fuck Sixers gave him and having to pay them the Sixers during the interregnum years, uh, having to pay that contract. It's like someone orders a really horrible, expensive dish. They eat like two bites out of it and then they give it to somebody else and then that person has to pay for it. It's uh, but it's the, the deal will be is was way worse for the Sixers because they already had somebody who played. Oh yeah, the of course. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think so. Horford had a, a fine year in OKC, but he's mm-hmm. old and he's not getting better. And he didn't shoot as well from outside as we thought. I thought he would shoot like 75 percent from three just to stick it in our eye, but it wasn't excellent. And he's still slow, and he, I mean, he can get out. Like it's not a bad trade, and Boston's front court was inexplicably bad that last year. Like they thought Tristan Thompson was the answer, and that was just like really, really dumb. And they think Robert Robert Williams is like a, a high level player. I kind of don't. I think he's exciting, but I don't think he's like the answer by any means. Um, and Horford is just like a really he's a stabilizing force for them. And all you need is a guy who can like stretch the floor a little, defend a little, and like let Jalen and Jason kind of do their thing. Kembo is really good when he's healthy and he just hasn't been he's um and i think I for think the as far as yeah. the sixers go kemba when on is a really tough cover for them as all like guards who can shoot and penetrate are um but so i'm on the one hand happy he's gone it's very weird that danny ainge acquired four one position defending point guards in over those you know two years really um and so i think that it makes sense but i think it's also like Funny that they made fun of the Sixers for Horford and B not working out. Then they traded the thing that they signed that didn't work out and attached a pick to do it as I think just fun, fun for me and, and fun and the, and the vibe I needed for them to win this game. I, I, I think that the Al Horford, this is a, this was a coin flip game. 
And I think the Horford trade put us over the top. That's why they won game six. <laughs> um, I feel pretty good about that. And the final thing, who do you think is going to win game seven, Bucks and Nets? Uh, I, I have no idea. It's what a weird series. And I haven't, because the last few, I've watched almost all of it, but I'm also just so mired in like frustration from this series that um, I haven't engaged with it at a, at a super high level. Uh, so I have no idea. I really, I really don't know. I have no answer. No prediction. Just please let us advance and play one of them. I I wouldn't bet the house on it, but I really think the Nets are going to win. Really do. Really think the Nets are going to win. Yeah. I mean, Harden uh, is not close to 100%. And uh, the role players on the Nets, who who I extolled a couple of podcasts ago, um, have started to just not be nearly as good. And I think somebody, I think it was... I give, been, I give uh, Harden credit, by the way. Yeah, Harden for playing. Credit. I mean, he yeah. works his ass off. He gets out there, yeah. like, for sure. Yeah. They they do miss uh, Windhorse, I think, brought it up on a podcast. They do miss Spencer Dinwiddie, my guy. He would definitely help a lot. And there's just, like, sure. too many guys there that don't have enough skill. And when they're flying, it's kind of similar to the Sixers. Like, when they're flying and it's all clicking, it's like, oh, my God, this is a train. But when they're not and you're forcing those guys to start to make decisions and make plays with the ball in their hands then it's like, eh, I'm not really scared of this lineup. This is the, this is the super team. Like, it's just not, it, it starts to injuries. I mean, injuries do that. I mean, same, same we, we haven't talked about him, but like the Sixers missed Danny, like a hundred percent. I don't think enough, yeah, enough yeah. to like swing the series. I don't think they, 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 that's an excuse to be like, Oh, we didn't have Danny green. So we should lose to the Hawks in six, but they definitely miss him. They definitely mm-hmm. miss like his like stabilizing and, and uh, weird brain confidence on pull of threes and stuff. And just him hitting shit in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, new, a new Beck tweet just popped on the bottom uh, and beat on officiating. I was hacked all night and I don't think I got to the three through line until the fourth quarter. I told him they had to call it both ways. And then the, the line is going too slow for me to finish the quote. We had but, a bunch of guys, whether it's Ben or Tobias who are in foul trouble. I just want it called both ways. Yeah. I mean, I just think like big guys don't get the benefit of those calls and Trey gets the like, isolation plenty of space bullshit in a way that like Embiid when there's just like bodies on him and stuff it's just like there's just not not as much this was this was the most we don't talk about the rest again but this was the most like anxious I felt for a game I think I probably was more anxious for this game than Toronto game seven because I really thought that they were going to win Toronto game seven yeah I felt yeah I felt that that was going to happen um well it it it, it felt like if they lost this game that a lot was crumbling like it, it, it wasn't just the season that was on the line with this game. I, I think I, there was a, a lot more. It, it, I thought that was on the line for yeah, this so, game, and I think everybody felt it. So I agree. I agree with that. I disagree that I don't think that it should be the case. I, I agree that that's how it feels, and it feels like that to me too. But like, this is Daryl's first season. This is Doc's first season. This is Daryl. Really, only came in and made like a couple, as we've talked about a million times, like very easy moves that have pretty much worked out. I think worked out really well as far as the Danny and the Seth moves. Um, George Hill not working out right now and he didn't acquire a stretch five, but really it's just like he's mostly kept his powder dry and there's still plenty of assets that they can move and, and make changes and stuff. So before the season, it wasn't like the Sixers must win a championship or bust and or it's over. It was like, all right, how are they going to recover from this dog shit year where Ben was injured before the playoffs and Embiid didn't look like he was out. Like there was a bunch of stuff to be worried about. And then like they had an excellent season. And so then the expectations went up and up and up. And then it became like, well, this has to be the year because what if Brooklyn, you know, what if Golden State gets healthy? What if Brooklyn, there's got, there's other teams coming in. And so then it became like, no, it it should be this year. Like the windows open. And, uh, but I I do think like to expect it to happen is is in the first year of all this stuff is I think is, is a little, irrational even though i even though i feel it like i i well, do feel that yeah i mean the expectations are allowed to change based on how they play i think yeah. and i i think we're, we've been clear you you thought they would beat the nets or the bucks prior to the series and prior to this i did i did not but i but i can also say even though i don't expect them to win the championship and i never did expect them to win the championship losing to the fucking hawks in the second round is a disaster yeah, now for sure. for sure yeah now as far as like blowing it up there's nothing to blow up really it's it's ben it's just ben it's, well it could be it could be tobias as well he he was horrendous well, last game and i think most mostly bad tonight except for a couple shots that rolled in 
But I, I would consider trading Tobias. I mean, yeah, like, but I think if, you tra- if you're considering trading Ben and Tobias, that's that's kind of blowing it up. Like that's yeah, I guess. I, to me, the team is just planets around Embiid, and and you know, it's uh, and I, yeah, I, I I think losing this would be a disaster. I it, an incredible disaster. But yeah. I guess I, you know, I guess it it all. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for All sure. Right. And they might have deserved to win this game. They might lose this game. Like they might happen, yeah. but uh, they deserve to win a couple other ones. And they and they hung the fuck on. And all they have to do is do that one more time at home on Father's Day again in an arena where Tyrese Maxey is going to get the biggest ovation since Iverson. And they're just going to try to will them the fuck in after what happened in Game Five. It's just got to be so much energy. And I, a normal great season just can't end against the Hawks against a fucking team from Atlanta who is notorious for blowing shit. We can't beat the guys who blew the lead multiple times against a fucking Atlanta team. Not this team. It's They're too good. They can't do it. They got to win. They just got to win. They got to do it. It's got to happen. All right. We'll talk to you Sunday night um, after the game. The, either the season will be over or the Sixers will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Holy smokes. Just tighter, tighter and tighter and tighter. All right. We'll talk to you Sunday night. Are you now with TTP? Yeah, you know a lick face. <laughs> if you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't, I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.